We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Hi, I'm Dan Krinas from the Leader of Learning podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure to check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Principal PLN Podcast, hosted by Dr. Spike Cook, Jessica Johnson, and Teresa Stagger. Principal PLN is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. Be sure to follow our hosts on Twitter, at Dr. Spike Cook, at Principal J, and at Principal Stagger. There are many great ways to contact the PLN. Follow the hashtag Principal PLN or at Principal PLN on Twitter. You can also search and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. All links can be found online at principalpln.com. Hey, everybody. This is Principal PLN, episode 106, right? It's 106. However, it is 106. We just discovered we skipped 103. We recorded 103. It just hasn't gotten out yet. It's in the vault. It's in the vault, but it will it will get out there soon. Um, so if you're looking at this sequentially and you are wondering where in the world 103 is, you will soon find out. And it'll be out there in the interwebs. Although, let's be real, Spike, it might not be soon. It'll that be whatever might. Teresa can get it out there. Yes, because she is the wizard at, at all of this. <laughs> so we're going to keep moving. Um, we're going to talk about teaching and learning today. Yeah. Teaching and, and learning. We say that as if like you would think as principals that this is what would take up 80 to 90% of our conversations. Mm. But unfortunately, as you, as you, if you've listened to more than one episode with us, you know that first off, principals do way more than that. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes it, the other stuff envelops us. So Jess and I decided today that like, listen, we are not going to get into the management stuff and all the other requirements and things like that. We're going to focus on what's going on in our schools with teaching and learning. We're going to get connected to some data. 
Jess has some data from an initiative that she put in as far as uh, referrals. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how um, as a school, we're, we're going to be looking at our Bloom's uh, taxonomy uh, through our walkthroughs and see if some of the things that we're doing changes those higher levels of blooms. So we, we're ready to go today, Jess. So I can't turn this into a therapy session about how frustrating it is that I'm not spending as much time in classrooms as I want to. Is you cannot. You, you cannot. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. So I think you should start because a few episodes ago, we were talking about a really interesting initiative at your school that I am, even though I'm at a middle school uh, and we don't currently have recess, I am not opposed to bringing recess back, but I wanted to know what you've learned from this amazing program that you're really excited to talk about. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I will tell you that our middle school has started to go out to our playground at the end of their lunchtime. And I will tell you, it's the one thing that my middle schooler loves about middle school this year, that he gets to go out to recess. So, oh, wait, to so think they, about Spike. So they weren't going out before either? They were not. No. So I picture it like a bunch of like middle school kids and they're like standing around and at first like watching, like, you know, like that dejected middle school look where you're like kind of kicking something and looking down and everyone else is having fun. And then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. now they're like joining in. And you know, they don't, they don't have to, like, there's a bunch of kids that just stay in the lunchroom and still eat. And the rest, man, they go out and play, they go out and play flag football, they play basketball, gaga ball. Wow. Yeah. But for, so for our um, initiative, we implemented Playworks, which, right. um, you know, if you just go to playworks.org, I think um, you can find out more about it, but it really is about teaching core games teaching problem-solving skills, mm -hmm. um, having junior coaches, so students who are helping to lead activities and be models for others. Um, and we also have um, uh, a coach come in once a month, and she just observes and gives us feedback and helps us make our next goal of what we're going to be working on. Mm -hmm. um, and so I will tell you, so, uh, and this is like, this is overall behavior referral data. It's not right. just specific to playground, but a lot of our referrals often come from the playground. Um, but we, for the month of September, last year we had 17 minors and seven majors. And this year we only had four minors and three majors. Wow. So, um, and, and we also like, you know, did a, a whole reboot of our PBIS. So that was a part of that as well. But like we are seeing kids use the problem solving skills from the playground in the classroom as well. Um, teachers are using some of the activities that we learned in our Playworks training in their classrooms. So there's just, it, there's some really cool things happening with that. Um, That's awesome. So the last time we talked about it, it was more of the implementation, implementation stage. So you had been trained, you had to go through it, you actually did some of the activities yourself. Yeah. Um, so now oh, that gosh. you're, it was now awesome. That, now that yeah. you're like in, in a month and a half, like what, what was, um, yeah, what was that, that process like getting, you know, trying to get everybody on board and. Well, um, honestly, it was just, um, it, it was the training that we all were in. All of the staff played the played the activities and were all a part of um, really learning, you know, talking about the benefits of recess and how important recess is for kids and all of the different skills that they learned that are not just, um, you know, exercise, but 
um, including everybody um, that, uh, you know, we part of the, the process is when kids um, get out in the game and they get back in line, like they go get high fives from everybody. So it's right. like, you know, boosting their self-confidence and the way the games are structured, um, it's much more inclusive. And we, I wish that we would have had data on this, like taking a picture of the playground last year at recess yeah. and take a picture of it now to like get a count. But I am telling you, we have so many more kids playing games versus just that, like, you know, running around and mm -hmm. making up zombie tag and, um, you know, things that get them into trouble. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, been so positive it's so incredible so how are they using it in the classroom is it through like brain breaks and uh re rewards or something like that yeah i would say so more um brain breaks with physical activity um kids using um rochambeau for problem solving skills um and also um if their class earns a reward more and, and teachers, the classes have choice when they, um, we have two different things where if they earn so many Trojan tickets or they have so many days of perfect attendance for their class, as a class, they get to decide what their reward is. And more of them are choosing to go outside for an extra recess where they're all playing Gaga Ball or they're all playing, um, you know, whatever the recess mm -hmm. tag game of the week is. Um, so more are choosing that. Um, yeah. And what has been the biggest challenge with this? Um, I really can't think of the biggest challenge. I mean, we continue to, to tweak it every day. Um, I think something else, um, and this isn't a challenge. I'm sorry, I can't really think of a challenge. Um, when the kids come, we changed how they come out on the playground. So when they come out, you know, they used to just run to where they're going but now they come out to their class lines and they get to hear again here are the options for the day and then they go so it's like they all hear here's what the choices are um, and then when they come back to line up um, they'll either the junior coaches will either lead them through a little cheer or um, through like a mindfulness thing where they're doing this like five finger breathing mm. that way they get calm before they come back into school so um, I guess one of our um, it, not a challenge, but we're working on decreasing how long that transition is to get back into class. Um, maybe a challenge is indoor recess. We still haven't figured that out. So the snow hasn't been falling yet. No, but I swear it has been raining way more than it hasn't. Okay. Yeah. So we, we've incorporated the, the Playworks games in indoor recess for our older grades, but with our K2 kids, it's just, it, it wasn't working. So we just have K2 kiddos bring board games to play on the floor in the gym. So they're right. not getting physical activity, but it was, it was just crazy. They couldn't, they couldn't do it. Like hurting cats. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. It is like hurting cats. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. So, so what has been the feedback from the staff? Like, obviously, like you said, like your data has gone down and stuff, but like anecdotally, like, conversations that you've had with them about it how yeah. they so actually we just sent it a survey this week i wish i'd have that to talk about but i don't um you know just in general conversations it's kids being included mm -hmm. with, you know more kids playing um seeing kids using the problem solving skills in the classroom 
um, staff are loving it. When staff go out to recess, they're they're getting in and playing games. I had one teacher tell me last week that um, she calls it sunshine duty. Like, wow, you know, it's not recess duty. It's sunshine duty. Like she's having fun. And that was not the way it was before, because I mean, I've done my share of recess duty and, you know, it's chaotic. It's always on the verge of something happening. And um, most of the time I felt like the teachers just stood near the fence and caught up on things, which I get. I mean, sometimes when you're, you know, you haven't seen somebody for a while or you want to talk about something with them, you know, your natural inclination is to just have the adults huddle together and start talking. So, um, and, and like you said, with varying, um, levels of, you know, students being involved, like sometimes just walking around, like I said, like with their head down, like kicking imaginary nothing. (laughs) And then to, to those who are so into whatever game that they're playing, that they're yelling and screaming at each other because they have to win because, you know, on October 12th, everyone, you know, 2018, they're always going to remember who won that basketball game. Oh gosh, I know. Yeah. 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 And there definitely is a decrease for the group that's outside before they come to lunch. Um, you know, lunch used to be a battle because they were still arguing about, you know, who, who should have been out or they should have got that or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. And That's and good. I just love, we have fifth graders who are junior coaches. Um, they are just such incredible little leaders. It's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then do they go through like a little bit of a training or are they like your student leaders or safety? Yeah. Well, so it's really been like little leadership training on the fly. Um, okay. Yeah. We, we, we didn't get as formal with that as we should have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then what has been your role in, in all this? My role? Well, I was present in the training with, with everybody. We had, um, there was a main crew of us that was like the recess crew that after everybody was involved in the games, we worked on, okay, what is our plan? What are we doing each week? Um, and really like, they took over. Like I didn't really have to, I just kind of turned it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are there some days that like, just like as before, like you may not even be able to get out there and it's yeah. just running. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. That's, that is good. It's really good. Yeah. It's have fun. you played, been, but have you got a chance to play in any of the games? Oh yeah. yeah. No, when I go out there, that's what I do. I just hop from game <laughs> to game and play, man. It's awesome. I love recess. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know what? Have you played Gaga Ball Spike? I have. I have. It's like an octagon sort of thing. And you have to hit a ball with your hand, right? Yeah. I I have. I don't know if I necessarily know what the, what, like, I don't know what the object is. You're trying to hit other, (laughs) I forget. Yeah. 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 No, it's fun. It is fun. And we have other cool games that have been really fun too. So, yeah. And they're they're all like, uh, I think you were saying this before, they're all like twists on different games yeah. that normally kids would play but it, it's just to make it more inclusive and yeah it... so it's not like you get out and then you wait in line forever and you never get back in you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah and oh my gosh there are so many different versions of tag so you know we can change it up each week of learning a new version of tag to keep it exciting because if you wait. don't they come up with zombie tag and then right. they end up biting each other 
<laughs> Seriously, that and was a thing last year. Yeah. And we did talk about what tag means, right? Oh, we did. Yes. <laughs> you don't remember what it means. I remember being very it's surprising. So, very don't surprisingly remember. simple. Yeah. Touch and go. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Which is crazy. So anyway, um, no, that sounds awesome. And the fact that you're starting to see, you know, decrease in, you know, referrals and things like that is, is amazing. What are some other things, because we we use PBIS as well. What are some other things that you felt like you tightened up as far as the, the plan, though, this year? Because uh, it, it, uh, it sounds like, like you said, you're kind of like um, going through some new, new things in the classroom as well, or just procedure-wise. Yeah, we we added the so when we started PBIS, I know typical PBIS schools do the like positive tickets to kids when they're yeah. not being good. We did not do that. Um, we just had enough people who felt strongly like we just we didn't want to do that. Right. Um, and so this year we added um, since for the Trojans, we added Trojan tickets when a class is caught being good and their classroom teacher can give them to them as well mm -hmm. and they are um working to earn so many trojan tickets as a class and then the class decides what is their what is their reward and then um and then they start over again okay and so that has been you know as little of a tweak as that is that has been really good in terms of class community and classes working together really well um we also this is just a a tiny little tweak, but having classes sit together at lunch, um, it used to be grade levels sat together. Now it's by class because it makes it easier for the supervisors in the lunchroom to see like, okay, this class earns a Trojan ticket because right. you know, all your tables are clean. And that was a tiny little tweak that made um, a big difference in terms of supervision and, and um, you know, rewarding positive behavior in the lunchroom. Um, our fifth graders did not like it because they had right. so many years of getting to sit with other people. But, um, you know, I think a month into the year, they're they're finally over that. Um, and it's helping build class community. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm sure it keeps a little more organized as well. Like if oh, you know yeah. that this, you know, especially if a kid has an early dismissal or they need to go see the nurse or whatever, it's, mm -hmm. it's easier to find them. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what about you? You said you have a new, or your, your something with your higher level questioning. Yeah. So to transition a little bit more, like we, we also, like I said, we also use PBIS. So we, th through our first three days, like we really integrated that into uh, like a lot of the things that we do as far as like, um, like our biggest problem last year, like you were saying about like recess and stuff, like for us, it was our hallways. So mm -hmm. we, we put a lot of emphasis and have put a lot of emphasis on teaching proper hallway procedures. So, and this is more anecdotally that we're getting feedback from the staff that the hallways are better, that we started the year off, that kids are you know more apt to be walking on the right-hand side of the hallway, keeping their hands and feet to themselves, mm -hmm. keeping their voices down, not running, you know, things like that. That was pretty much the opposite is, of that is what was happening. Um, we do use, um, they're called ZAPs, uh, which is the indiv individual reward ticket for our PBIS program. And we've had um, instances where like there's this one paraprofessional and her class is near the, um, the stairway. So she stands at the top of the stairway. And as the kids come up, if 
she hasn't heard a lot of nonsense or, you know, the kids haven't been fooling around or things like that. She comes up and, and she's like, thank you so much for your, you know, uh, behavior in the, um, you know, in the stairwell here, here's a zap and here's a zap. Oh, is that a dog? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Came out of nowhere. It was like, yep. I, yep. I, either that or I thought maybe it was one of your kids like with the keys, like, all right, we got to go. <laughs> nope. It's the dog. Um, so, so that's been, that's been, I think, well-received and, um, you know, we did our first PBIS, um, we do like a monthly program and the first one was like an ice cream social so the kids could buy, um, their way in, into that during their lunches, so, which has been great. Um, and then, you know, each month it's something different. And, um, we also require all of our teachers to do a, um, class-wide behavior support plan. So um, they have to have those procedures in there, like how do they reward students? What are their procedures for things? And I just think that when you do that, you know, it really helps you to kind of put this in context and, you know, organize things a little bit so that, you know, kids can get re rewarded also for good, you know, good behavior on task behavior. Um, so that has been going really well. Um, I've, discussed a few times on here about we are avid national demonstration school so that program uh, requires every few years you have to go through a revalidation so this year we're going through a re revalidation to keep our um, national demonstration school status and what that's really required us is to really take a look at the instruction that's going on in the classroom and because I, I look at avid as like it's a great clearinghouse for just instruction that works so mm -hmm. um, some of the feedback that we got on a coaching visit at the end of the year um, last year was that, you know, there were a lot of opportunities for us to increase our higher order thinking skills. And um, the AVID site team met together and we, we kind of strategized some things. And then I correlated it with our McCrell walkthrough data. And I just looked mm -hmm. at, you know, how often are we using, you know, analyze or evaluate in you know, as the administrators go through and it was low, it was uh, not low in that sense, but like much, much lower than remember, understand, you know, like the lower levels of blooms. <clears throat> so we put that together. We, you know, put together a problem statement and, and, you know, and an action plan. And so what we've been doing is almost making it like a challenge, like where we are looking for opportunities where teachers are using higher order thinking skills. So we have a Google Doc that we send out each week for them to highlight things that are going on in their classroom. And I, and that's been really well received because you have teachers that are like, oh, well, yeah, because I did this activity and no one's seeing it, like no one came through. Um, so at least they're, they're able to, to highlight that. And so we're gonna like do some different things to help like reward teachers for that. And then, um, we have a um, just like a weekly instructional tip that we're doing, and then we're going to increase our coaching as well. So like in preparing for this last coaching visit that we had on Thursday, you know, some of the site team members would work with teachers and it takes like 10 minutes, you know, here's the activity that I'm going to do. How could I get it up to the next level? And like I said, with our with our site team, they have they might not necessarily know the content, but they have so much so many resources for instructional strategies that you can take, you know, something that was so simple, like a lower level, like remember, understand, and before you know it, with just a few questions and some, you know, prompting with thinking, now you're looking at like having kids analyze something or evaluate, um, 
so that that's been really you know that's been good and we're really hoping to see you know a change in, in that um and we're also looking to do some more PD with administrators that are coming in so that they could see, all right, this is our initiative. This is why we're doing it. And, you know, here are some of the things that, that we're looking for when you give feedback for, you know, if you're doing an observation or if you're just doing a walkthrough, what, what are some feedback? What are some areas of feedback that you can give our teachers? So it's, you know, okay. it's getting off to a, a good start, I think. Yeah. That's and that's why I was joking with you before, like, I love going to those meetings and like even <clears throat> just um, I meet with the site team before all of our staff meetings now to say, OK, do the same thing. Like, this is what I want to do. How could you help me to get it to the next level and um, have, like utilizing them as my accountability pro uh, partner before you lead a staff meeting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. Spike. Yeah, that's because. Good Thank you. Because instructionally, it, we have to continue to do that in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. So, and I always use the example, like even with the, when we had the coaching visit on Thursday, it was like, and the, the folks from Avid were were amazed and loving it. But I was like, you know, even when we had, um, you know, we required all the teachers to review this student handbook, like we took that and we made it a close reading activity. I mean, go, going through a handbook can be so boring, but mm -hmm. if you start looking at, at it like through, like you would as, as if you were a language arts teacher, there are things that you can do with it, you know, and you can, you can ask essential questions, even though it's just the handbook, you know, and you mm -hmm. can, you can challenge things. And then we were having activities about, you know, something in there about the cell phone policy. Okay. Well then that becomes, you know, an idea where you can start, you know, comparing and contrasting last year's cell phone policy to this year's cell phone policy. Like, so it's just, I think it's really just your approach and having that growth mindset. And like, and like I said, I'm trying to do that as, as the, as the principal to model that because I don't, I don't know everything. I mean, I use, I've been doing the weekly, you know, email and, and blog for almost seven years and I don't always put instructional stuff in there. I mean, most of the time it's all right, we need to have this done, this done. Here's great things that are going on in the classrooms and whatnot. So now I'm making a dedicated approach to saying, all right, this is how we're going to highlight instruction. This is, these are things that you can do very quickly to, um, you know, to increase your levels of engagement in the classroom. That's great. That makes me think of, I was in a session at a conference this week and um, it was Steve Barkley who pointed out that. Uh oh, I like that guy. I, I've never heard him speak in person. Like I've read his work. I read his blog. I've, you know, heard his podcast. He is a funny, funny yes. presenter. He's really funny. But, you know, he pointed out that, you know, three-year-olds ask higher level thinking questions all the time. Why? 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 Right. Yet we kill that in school. You know, it's funny that you say that because the other day uh, we were talking with one of the supervisors. Um, she's in charge of like instructional technology. And um, actually we were in one of the classes that I have to cover this year, which is a, a world language class uh, that we do through this program called Edmentum. So she was coming in and she was checking on something about um, uh, something about like the Chromebooks and, um, so we started talking 
about the the whole initiative about getting higher order thinking and she said you know every time i go over to the child family center and those were three three and four year olds she said they are doing higher level thinking and you and i know that you're gonna you're gonna like laugh at that like she's like but they do it probably better than the rest of the district because she's somebody who's in all schools pk to 12 mm -hmm. and it's funny that you just said that because they really put a huge emphasis on that and it's all about the questioning mm -hmm. you know and you're right the kids they have to start with why on everything mm -hmm. yeah and by the time they get to middle school it's a lot of times it's like why do I need to learn this? You just do. Just you know, <laughs> just just shut up and learn. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We totally do. Yeah. So um I actually would like to get out and 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 look at that as an observer, you know, at the like go to the child family center and and just kind of look at at how they're using higher order thinking because I think I think you're right. And I also was I was looking through my kids um they have this like scrapbook uh, from, you know, when they were in preschool to uh, all the way, to, you know, ones in sixth grade now and, and ones in, in ninth grade. So as they went through their schooling, you would ask them quite, they would ask questions. I'm sure a lot of people do this. Maybe you do it for a couple of years and then you forget about it, but, but they've been, they've been doing it, you know, for, for every year. It's, sort of towards the upper end of elementary school into middle school where they'll say like what's your favorite class and it, and it, you know before it was math and it was social studies and it was physical education all this kind of stuff and then it gets to none mm -hmm. oh yeah <laughs> my middle schooler has nothing to say about school nothing <laughs> nothing what was the best part of your day when the bell rang at three that is not an acceptable response. You have to think of something. Fine, lunch. But these are, I mean, we're oh principals, gosh. you know, and these are our kids, and they're the ones that are saying it too. So, I mean, it's it's a systemic epidemic, and I don't really know how to, I don't know. I'm sure there's people. Oh, much my blood pressure just got, like, much higher. Just <laughs> I'm like, I just have to tell you. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> well, I do think. And I could be wrong, but I think that at the you know upper elementary, middle school level, I think it's the, I think it's the level of engagement. I think it's the, mm -hmm. I think it is partly um, having them do, you know, worksheets and and rote memory on things, to really challenging them to to critically think and analyze, and and um, I think that's part of what we need to do to to get them to a better place um it's not necessarily self-directed learning though because this is the second year of us using a world language program that is completely online and self-directed and i'll tell you having been in there every other day uh this year um there's a high burnout with that mm -hmm. uh the kids don't necessarily like it they much rather be working with a teacher which is funny because when i have these conversations with them individually or even as a group i'll say but you guys are on your devices all the time i mean granted this program is not like Fortnite; it's not that engaging um but they don't know like when they think of school even though they're from a, you know generation that have only had devices they really do want like they, they want the teacher teaching them so we're we're still relevant in that sense, um, 
So it's, I don't think it's necessarily about technology either. I think it's more about, you know, the things that we ask them to do, the relationships that we build and, um, you know, how much can we get them, you know, engaged in the learning process. Wow. So there's that. <laughs> Deep stuff, Spike. Good job. Especially for a Sunday morning. I mean, I know. Yeah. And prior to hitting record, this was not what we were talking about. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, if only people heard the offline yeah, conversation. Offline. Yeah. But um, I think the reason why we do this type of stuff is because we also have to challenge ourselves as yeah. you know, ed education. I know how the term gets put around a lot but education leaders or instructional leaders because it the system is not set up for you to to do that so you like you said when you go to see somebody like steve barkley and he's talking about high engaging plcs and you know how do you you know how do you you know really capture instructional um practices um you know you get all excited and then you come back and then well you got this problem to deal with and that problem to deal with oh yeah yeah and we get inundated with that so yeah yeah so I just went to the teaching and learning conference. Um, that's basically Jim Knight's conference. Okay. I mean, it's from his, I think his company is the instructional coaching group. Um, that is an incredible conference. Like anybody you think of when it comes to instructional coaching, they were there. Okay. Um, so Jim Knight, Steve Barkley, Elena Aguilar, uh, Peter DeWitt. Mm. Um, oh, I saw that you, you saw Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Peter. Yeah, and his, he's amazing. his new book is out. Um, that he's got a great new book that's out. Um, we should get him on. I, I, I don't think we. I don't think we've. Yeah. I don't think we had him on since he was like a principal. Like. Oh, oh you're right. Did we have him on as I a think, principal? I think so. Like long time ago. Oh yeah, and his new book that is out is um I think it's Coach It Further. Um, and I love the way it's written because it's like, it feels like reading um, a novel. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like reading a textbook because of the way he wrote it, like to be more narrative. And it's okay. from, you know, so you read a chapter of the, the principal, uh, you have a chapter from the coach who's coaching the principal. Um, you've got the assistant principal who wanted the principal job. You've got a teacher wow. in there. It just, um, it, I really enjoy those types of books versus the ones that feel like a textbook and you yeah, feel yeah. like you're taking a class. Um, so that was a really good book. But one of my, I have a new favorite speaker, um, Kristen Anderson. Um, she has done work with uh, Visible Learning with John Hattie. I've okay. never heard her, but it, people I talked to have heard her from Visible Learning. But she, um, she had a session on building trust, which was just incredible. And then her keynote session was on like unleashing our superpowers. Um, and she, man, she just, she just pumped me up. And she, you know, when you look at that list of Hattie, you know, that what, you know, what are the top things that have the high effect size? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I did not make this connection before, but she pointed out how um, Hattie's research gives us hope because when you look at the top um, 10 or 12 or whatever, all but three of those are totally within our power. Mm -hmm. They are things that we control. Um, and, you know, she also talked about, um, I think it was the RAND study um, or the RAND report on how, um, how both students and um, employees 
what they believe about their own performance um, is completely correlated to how they're evaluated on their performance. So how wow. important it is, um, how important self-efficacy is and um, helping teachers believe in themselves in the, in, um, you know, what they can contribute. And she said, if we can get educators to believe in themselves, we can save the field of education. Mm. You know, think about how many teachers leave the profession because, you know, they don't, they don't have that, um, that satisfaction of, yes, it is hard work, but when you, when you know you're making an impact, um, that was just inspiring to me. And then, um, Linda, Linda Cleat Wayman, I could be saying her name wrong. Have you seen her TED talk? The, she's the one who led, um, the school in Philadelphia and said, you know, if nobody told you they loved you today, remember I do. And I always will. Have you seen her I, TED talk? I, I probably have. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to put a link of that TED talk in here. I've seen okay. it so many times. She is yeah. just such a powerful speaker and just, um, you know, she took over a school that was labeled as, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember what the term is, but like, like an unsafe school because of mm -hmm. how many incidents of violence there were at it, persistently dangerous or something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she just, she is just incredible to hear if you ever get to hear her. Um, and I instantly downloaded her book to Kindo. Thank goodness for auto click. Right. Purchase on Amazon. Lead fearlessly, <laughs> love hard, finding your purpose and putting it to work. Um, I'm just randomly sharing. No, it sounds good. I saw you even had your notebook out. Like you were taking I notes know, there. I know. Look at that. Look well, at here, you. So the, so I have notes in Evernote. And then when my, when my, um, battery died, cause there was nowhere to charge your devices there. Then I was in the notebook and I have on my phone, like pictures of so many different slides. <laughs> I need to, I need to get them all into one spot. So. No, yeah. I, I think that sounds like you had a great a great conference whenever you can, you know, kind of get rejuvenated and start applying some of the things. And that's a thing like, um, I wish we did more of, and I think like with shrinking budgets and stuff like that, like they're becoming, you know, those opportunities are becoming less and less. And also like, I think the mindset too, it's like, Oh, you're going to this conference or you're going to Florida, or you're going to Las Vegas. Like, I don't know. It, it, for me, it hasn't always been, you know, uh, perceived in the best way. And it's like, oh, you don't understand. Like, these are like the education, like leaders of the world that are here and they're speaking. I, I don't know. I get so charged up too. And when, when yeah. I have those opportunities. Here's how I, I was having this conversation with my husband when I came back. You know, we have to pour so much into our, our staff and we have to inspire them and continually fuel them. How do we get fueled up? How do you get fed? You know, yeah. we, we need to do that. I mean, we have to keep up a high level of, you know, put on your happy face and inspire them all. Um, right. And that's and hard to keep doing. Yeah. And sometimes that's not from a, like, you can't just get it from a book or either a local or a state mm -hmm. conference. Like, that's why I think, you know, national conferences or, or conferences that are, you know, specific as to like some of the areas that you may need help with are extremely important, you know, and, uh, and it's professional development, you know, and that's, and that's just the thing. Yeah. We always say like, Oh, well, you can get it through Twitter or you can get it through this, but it, you can, I mean, and that's like, th those are, those are awesome, you know, learning opportunities, but to really get it to that next level, you gotta get it out. You gotta get it, you know, connect with people. And, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a firm believer in that. And then you start, you know, I think a great progression is then you start like putting in proposals for that too. Like start to, you know, present at conferences and stuff. And, and so then you get a chance to go there as a presenter, but then usually you're there for like one or two sessions presenting. And then the other time you use and you get a chance to connect with people and, um, you know, listen to those, those keynotes. So. Yeah. And, you know, I would add with the, the presenting piece, if people are doubting that or see that as extra work, um, it is extra work, but the time that you put into really thinking about your craft and what it is that you want to share with people, it just makes you stronger in that area of work of whatever it is that you're presenting. It just makes you stronger. Just like we know students, if they can teach others, they're going to be stronger in, um, in that. The same yeah. For us. And there's so many cool things that are going on out there in, in schools that we'd never hear anything about. And I do like hearing from practitioners. Like I um, have become way more fond of going to a session where somebody is currently, you know, a, um, you know, a principal or a teacher or coach or something like that. Um, Because I think that there's, there's a lot of, um, you you know, that they've gone above and beyond to like start sharing it with others. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I mean, like I was just saying, you do get charged up from people who are doing this professionally now or who've taken it to the next level. And I think that's a huge part of it as well. But, you know, when you go to those breakout sessions, if you find somebody who is currently doing exactly what you're mm-hmm. doing in a similar type of district, you know, th- there's there's a lot of opportunities for, for learning and improvement there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So did you present? I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What did- yep. Presenting on... Um, uh, giving feedback with a coach approach. Okay. Yeah. So that was exciting. Hey, hey, our book was there. I saw that. I saw you they, tweeted that. I yeah. had no idea. Like I knew they were going to have the coach approach book there. And I went to the the book room and I guess they just, you know, they got books from any of the authors. And so I saw ours. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen wow. that in ages. In ages. I know. It's like you're forgetting about it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah I know. Isolation was in Las Vegas, which That's I have to tell you. So, the, where the conference was at was like 15 minutes out of Las Vegas. I never left the hotel. Yeah. People were like, did you go to the strip? No, it was so no. quiet at the hotel. Why would I go <laughs> to that chaos? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, all right. So it looks like we have done our... Yeah, I didn't keep track of I didn't keep track of time, but I'd say we're, we're about like 40, 45 minutes, I think, uh, just what we try to keep it at. But um, yeah. no, this is good. And uh, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, we're just trying to share different things that are going on in, in our world. And if you want to connect with us, we're we are on Twitter at Principal PLN or you could use the hashtag Principal PLN. Um, there's many ways to connect with us individually as well. So um Jess, do you have anything else for the good? Principal PLN out. Thanks for sharing in the learning with us today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and continue the conversation by joining the Boxer Group. Links can be found at principalpln.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, 
check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.